It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Once again, welcome to Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the general manager of KAAM, which is theme is God, Country, Texas. And I'm sitting with Dallas elder law attorney, who should be your elder law attorney, Michael O. Cohen. Hello, Michael. <laughs> you make me sound Irish, but, uh, uh, <laughs> but my middle initial is B. I'm not sure. <laughs> it, it, maybe it's o- O'Quinn. Uh, no, O'Quinn, uh, that's so, funny. So it's Michael O or uh, Michael O'Cohen? I'm probably, you're probably thinking it's Michael O'Cohen, and I've never heard that in my life, but that's not what the O is. The O is your middle initial. Yeah, my middle initial is yeah, my middle initial is B, uh, but what's the O that you're coming up with this week? This week, the, the O stands for orange, and you have to guess what orange means. Well, maybe because that we're going out of the pandemic, getting into the orange carrot category. Is that what it's for? I have a no plus. idea. You got it. Yes, you do have an idea. That's exactly right. You nailed it again. Now, that's good news because it indicates a moderate risk of COVID-19 transmission, so... Things, I think, are finally, slowly abating. What do you think? Well, I certainly hope so. Of course, this Labor Day weekend, uh, things may uh, increase things but uh, with people getting out more. But I hope, first of all, I wish everybody a happy Labor Day uh, weekend. Uh, I've had one uh, so far. Uh, the uh, I don't know. I hope that that's true. And um, I know I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable, but I'm always cautious as well. Of course, as we're doing this uh, radio show, as, as opposed to what we did pre-pandemic, which we did at the radio station, uh, this one we're doing by phone, uh, so we're still saying safe at this time. Yes. Unfortunately, we have to do it that way for a thousand reasons, and everybody knows them, so no reason to waste their time explaining to them why everything has to be done over the telephone and why your workshops are done virtually online, which we'll discuss uh, when we get into the program. Um, but we want to remind everyone about the Alzheimer's Walk, October the 3rd, so be sure to sign up for that. Just Google Alzheimer's Walk in Dallas and um, do your part and even join Michael's Marchers. And, Michael, how long have you been doing the walk? You know, it's been years now, and I'm not really even sure. I guess maybe I have a touch of the Alzheimer's because I can't remember. <laughs> but the, uh, the the bottom line is, yeah, it's been years, and we thank everybody. We thank KWAM for their generous support. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really appreciate it. And this year it's going to be different. It's going to be virtual. In fact, in my newsletter article, um, I have a newsletter article that comes out. Uh, I do a newsletter every month, and mm-hmm. there's going to be one that's specifically dealing with the walk and how it's being done virtually, a whole new way of doing things. Uh, it's exciting and uh the walk goes on, but it's just not the big mass. You're going to see people from all over the country. They give you an app, an app uh, which you can see the activities and 
it, it's amazing. I know I've gotten a lot of different things uh, regarding this, and uh, we hope that people will join uh, the Alzheimer's Walk on October the 3rd. On October the 3rd, if it's in Dallas, uh, October 17th in the colony. But it's going to be, uh, there's different walks around the whole area, uh, so it's different times. So if there's, it's not that you have to be on one particular walk because you can see somebody in, in Oshkosh, by gosh, uh, if you wanted to, what you're doing your walk the way they're doing it this year. So very good. New and exciting and different type of event. Great. People join us. Yeah, and we can be heard in Oklahoma. We can be heard all over the world. So there will be Alzheimer's walks all over the country. So just go to alzheimersorg.org and, and look into it and perhaps uh, prepare for the walk that's coming up in the next few weeks or months. Today, Michael, uh, this is basically one of my favorite shows usually, and that is A Day in the Life of Michael Cohen. And you want to talk about a case that triggered many estate planning issues and how people should individually be designing their plans. Yeah, I mean, everybody's situation is different and everybody's plan is different. And so a lot of these things might not be applicable to a listener, mm-hmm. but it all but it kind of gives you it, it throws you into the mind of the planner about all the different things that could occur, and that things that you should at least consider depending upon your fact situation. Mm-hmm. There isn't one just will. There isn't one just type trust out there. A lot of people think oh, there's one will, one trust. It's simple. We could use some sort of online thing, but that's just really not the case. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would show. Uh, demonstrate on a design uh, situation that we, we went through yesterday uh, with a client so that um, um, uh, when we went yesterday, it was uh, last week, uh, but in any event, it was still a situation where we go through all sorts of different things. So let me kind of give you the facts, and then um, uh, and then we'll go through the solutions at some point. Great. So in this case, it's a little bit a little bit larger estate than most people have. They, they husband and wife have four million dollars. Um, that gets into the question of right now: is that a taxable estate? Right now, the answer is no. May it be a taxable estate in the future? So that's on the estate taxes. They also have to worry about income taxes because they he has somewhere between out of that four million. Between one and two million is a retirement account, so we have to think about estate taxes, and now we also have to think about income taxes. Mm. We also might have to think about uh, capital gains taxes because they have a, a ranch, a ranch that was given to to the client, one spouse, the husband, uh, because uh, before uh, parents died, which gets into when you should sell the ranch, if ever, and if you want to sell the ranch. In fact, it's one of those things that they wanted to keep from generation to generation. So how do you keep the ranch, and is there certain things that they want to do with the ranch as well? Okay. Um, They also wanted to avoid probate, uh, and, and so then it gets into issues about different types of trust, um, and in addition to that, the, uh, the wife is disabled. The wife is disabled. So how are you going to handle her? We're not worried about because the state is large enough. A lot of times when you have a disabled spouse, you're concerned about getting public benefits like Medicaid. 
Mm-hmm. That's not a concern here because the amount of assets are enough to take care of her. In fact, with this situation, they even have enough income to take care of a lot of things that they don't even have to tap into the principal. In other words, they don't have to sell anything for the cost of her care uh, because their income is, is, is great, much greater than most people's because the cost of her care is um, uh, somewhere around nine or $10,000 a month. Mm. Oh, my goodness. you got to say, what because whether somebody has Alzheimer's or, in this case, frontal temple uh, dementia, is different. There's different forms of dementia, right? Uh, and the um, so then we have to see. So we have to look at that person's income. We have to look at the fact that she's disabled. We have to look at the size of the estate. We have to look at income tax issues. We have to look at capital gains tax issues. We have to look at not only estate tax issues as well as if I didn't say that already. Um, and we have to take into consideration her disability. Avoidance probably, and one more thing. There's uh, a few kids here, and one of the kids um, really can't handle things. Um, in other words, uh, you know, he's okay, but uh, we need something to protect him from himself. Uh, he might spend the money as soon as he gets it. He's really not very good at finances, so we want to protect him from himself. We're not saying that he gets uh, any... Uh, any necessarily any better treatment, uh, but um, he wants to stay on the ranch, take care of things, and so how do we deal with the ranch and yet protect him also uh, from either creditors or, or just taking care of things uh, as well right. for him? So those are the uh, different types of legal issues that we consider when we do our design uh, and. Some of these things obviously would not be applicable to many people. Uh, Maybe it's just avoidance of probate. Maybe it's simply uh, taking care of a disabled spouse. Maybe it's um, uh, worrying about how to stretch a retirement account. It could be any number of things. And so um, everybody's situation is different. And um, we have to go through each one of those different categories uh, and see uh, what may be applicable, maybe for you, and maybe not applicable, but at least you know what the different issues are that are uh, considered by a planner uh, in seeing what's important to the beneficiary. And also one other thing, uh, we wanted to have um, to protect in case laws change. Mm-hmm. So there's a, What can you do to protect if, the let's say, the husband loses mental capacity uh, or even passes? Do we want to be able to give somebody the authority to make some changes after that disability if the laws change? All right. So those are the different legal, a lot of legal issues that I'm sure that uh, uh, those online wills take care of. But in case they didn't, I thought maybe we should go through some of those things here today. Yes, uh, usually they don't um, because they're not as tailored as they could be as far as I'm concerned. As you said at the beginning of the program, there's nothing like and really nothing better than in person. Uh, When I say face-to-face, I mean video or Zoom calls or things like that. But in person, which is what we used to do pre-COVID, that was the best way to conduct a radio show, and that was the best way to conduct business if you're an estate planner. 
And uh, this is what you talked about at the beginning of the program and how it's important um, that you meet with them face-to-face to ask questions, to go over their plan and deal with the emotions that are involved with uh, estate planning and relationships and changes and money, because all of those issues can be emotional ones, and there's nothing like it in person, and that's the best way to do business. But if we can't, then there's always those workshops, and you've been doing workshops for many, many years now, and the next one is Saturday, September the 12th at 10 o'clock, and it's a virtual online workshop. It's not in person, but it is face-to-face just using a video conferencing service where you click one or two buttons and there Michael is that morning of uh, Saturday, September the 12th or Thursday afternoon at one o'clock on September the 24th. So either of those two days, you're welcome to sign up for Michael's uh, very proven and informative workshops. And Michael, tell them all about them and what goes on. Well, first of all, they're free. There's no obligation. Great. And so every workshop is different. Because we don't, everybody is just like this fax scenario that we talked about here today. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever had that fax scenario before. Yeah, right. But the whole idea is that everybody's situation is different, so everybody's mm-hmm. plan is different. Right. And so each workshop is different because different people have different questions on what's important to them. Mm-hmm. It may not be taking care of the disabled spouse. It may be that it may be uh, a different type of thing to protect themselves from creditors. It could be that. They're wanting just to have something to protect their home from a claim of the state if they were on Medicaid. It mm-hmm. could be on veterans' benefits. It could be, you know, here with this was mostly on more of the estate planning side, but a lot of times people ask questions about Medicaid. Right. What are these rules regarding transfers? What are these rules? How is that different from the gift tax laws where you make a certain amount of gift fees per year? Uh, so every, every situation, is everybody's questions are different. And you learn something from what you hear from the other uh, participants that are attendees at the free estate planning essentials workshop. Uh, we just ask what you want to know. Mm-hmm. And then we go through the different questions that people ask for a couple hours. You'll see that during that free estate planning essentials workshop that not only will the time just fly by, but you're going to learn a lot as well as have some fun along the way. We make those three promises. Uh, to go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. DallasElderLawyer.com. Now, not only do we give you the free two hours estate planning essentials workshop where you just ask whatever's on your mind without any obligation. But if you do, and only if you do, go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, we also give a free what we call vision meeting where we look at your individual situation and go into more detail if that is desired, uh, with also without uh, uh, any obligation. So that's three free hours of legal education and finding out whatever is important to you uh, by just going to the workshop. Um, that is, again, all you have to do is call that 214-720-0102 number or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. Great. Thank you, Michael, for that explanation so we have a better understanding of what goes on. And it is uh, extremely uh, valuable time well spent. 
and uh, you won't regret it. So please sign up. And if again, if you, if it, if it fills up, um, then you can just roll over to the next one. Um, if uh, they run out of seats um, by a Zoom. But actually, Michael, do you do you have a limited number of people that can attend the workshop? We usually uh, do limit it so it's not too too large. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so it, which is more the reason why if you want to go to the next one, you should sign up. Uh, at your earliest convenience, because it's just coming up this coming Saturday. Okay. Uh, so, again, uh, if if you want to do the next one, or of course the one after that is on the Thursday. So we do it. We alternate just because some people it's better on Saturdays, some people it's better on Thursdays. So we just uh, give people the option of whatever is best for them. Okay, great. Now back to this um, this case study you brought up. What were some of the solutions? Okay, so first of all. On the the size of the estate was four million. So one question would be is, well, if you're not depleting your assets, even with your wife being disabled, will your estate grow to where it becomes a taxable estate? Well, right now it's not a problem because the estate tax limits eleven million five eighty. So if they wanted to, but they could possibly, the estate could grow. Uh, and the, the estate tax limit is supposed to go down in 2026. It's around $6 million at that time. So will that $4 million grow to be larger than that? If so, there are some planning options that you could do within your estate planning documents to make sure that there's no estate tax. In Texas, we have no estate tax other than um, uh, what... Uh, the feds have, which is that eleven million five eighty, but other states, uh, if somebody was going to move to, or you know, some states have state estate taxes. If you live in Pennsylvania, uh, you're going to have a lot. Well, I shouldn't, I can't give legal advice for Pennsylvania, but a lot of states have state estate taxes at a low rate, uh, where you are. There might be a, a higher state estate tax, or if you're in California or New Jersey or whatever, there's a lot of uh, state-to-state taxes, and uh, fortunately, we do not have that here. Uh, But still, the state may grow, and you never know with politics, they may reduce the estate tax limit. So is that something that you want to consider? So right now, it wasn't a taxable state. Some people might do with that size of a state some options that if it is, uh, you could put language in your will or trust that accommodates if the estate tax limit goes down uh, so that you're still prepared. Mm-hmm. Now, and the next thing was that the spouse was disabled, disabled. So uh, she no longer has capacity. Um, mm. So, but we have the, we want to have her taken care of. We want to take care of the spouse first. So, but she can't handle things. So right. what we would have is we want to have somebody, let's say one of the kids or maybe more, in this case, it's going to be one of the kids who could take care of her. So instead of it going to the uh, spouse outright, it goes to her in a trust. Now, we were not worried about the Medicaid issues um, uh, because, the, uh, in this case, the assets were greater. If the person was concerned about Medicaid, you could have a special needs trust um, in that way, if the assets go into a trust, it doesn't count for Medicaid. So a lot of times mm-hmm. we'll 
maybe transfer all the assets to the well spouse. If that spouse dies, it goes in a trust that doesn't count for Medicaid, so you don't have to spend down your assets. In this case, however, we just there are enough assets, so we're not worried about it. However, uh, so a lot of the assets would be held in trust, and then there's just the trust would have the, uh, the pattern of how distributions could be made. Mm-hmm. Let's say you say a health, education, maintenance, and support standard, uh, so you can there could be issues so that you make sure there's a step up in basis, unless politics politicians change that rule, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so. So we would have that type of language, but also we had the issue that we talked about with the IRA. Well, as we talked about on prior shows with the SECURE Act, uh, with the SECURE Act, a surviving spouse, a surviving spouse is one of the exceptions where you could still stretch out the retirement account. Mm-hmm. As we've talked about on earlier shows, uh, there are five exceptions to the rules uh, prior to 2020, uh, you could the let's say the ch- child uh, could have an inherited IRA and stretch it out over that child's life expectancy. Mm-hmm. Or anybody who's a beneficiary, they change the rules so they get their tax dollars quicker. So now it's just a surviving spouse, a disabled somebody who's disabled, somebody chronically ill, somebody that's less than 10 years of age difference, or if your child is a minor that you can still do stretches. In this case, we have a a, uh, a spouse, so we still want to stretch, but she can't handle it. Now, we could have it where there's a, her, whoever her agent is under her power of attorney could act, but in this case, if it goes into a, let's say, a spousal retirement trust, then we could also give ourselves the flexibility to plan if something bad happens to one of the children as to how things could be changed. So mm-hmm. if one of the children becomes uh, disabled or if their income is less, we could, we could sprinkle the uh, assets in a way where it's more tax advantageous. So we'll have the IRA, instead of it going directly to the uh, spouse, uh, we'll have it go into a certain type of trust, maybe limit the required minimum distributions the, I mean, limit the amount of distributions to the required minimum distributions mm-hmm. because she had enough income, remember we talked about before, to even at the uh, large uh, cost of care for her, nine or $10,000 a month, that uh, it could go into this trust, limit it, so now it can be stretched over a longer time. So for income tax purposes, it's stretched because she is a survivor, if she's a surviving spouse. Mm-hmm. But giving the liberty also to change things uh, if they uh, if something happens with one of the kids. One kid needs it more, so we, we might have it go to one kid versus another, or maybe one kid is disabled, whatever the case may be. If she can't make those decisions, so the trustee of that trust can make those decisions in case bad things happen in the future. Hmm. So now we have... So now we have uh, we have, of course, we can always make changes on when you, whether you have a revocable trust or a will or whatever, you could always make changes so if the estate tax law changes, or you could have made that to begin with. We're now taking care of the disabled spouse by having things go into one trust. So there might be actually two trusts, a trust for the retirement account, and, and then also the trust for the, uh, 
for her on other assets that are not the retirement account. Why is that? Because we one child I mentioned was uh, needed more help with stuff, and he 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 may need help throughout his lifetime, even before mom dies. So we'll make it a, for lack of better words, a family trust. Not just considered. Don't think of a. A lot of people think of a revocable trust as a family trust, but there's a family trust. Uh, where we can make distributions for any of the members of the family. So it's not just the spouse. We could design the trust if the husband dies, where it could be used for any, even during the lifetime of the disabled spouse. How do we protect that child even after both of them die? Well, uh, you can have a trust for the child after he dies. So, in other words, you could have a trust Instead of going out right to the child, it goes to the child in a trust. Trust within the will or trust within a trust, it doesn't really matter. So uh, in this case, and then somebody else will be in charge of that trust. So uh, let's say uh, whoever knows that we feel comfortable with being the trustee, we can make distributions, whatever the pattern is of the uh, uh, this desired by the client. Is it for that person's health, education, maintenance, and support? Is it just a sole discretionary trust? Is there, and there's lots of different things. Is there a certain dollar amount that he gets? Uh, so lots of different things. Any questions on that so far? No, no questions. Um, just uh, unfortunately answers and the fact that we're almost out of time. But um, I'm going to change your middle name to C for creative and clever because that's a really great game plan for those people concerned in that family and what really needs to happen. Uh, I'm sure there's much more to it than that, but unfortunately, we're essentially out of time right now. But speaking of the word essentially, um, you need to sign up for Michael's next estate, essential estate planning workshop, which is September the 12th, which is a Saturday at 10 o'clock, to realize more creativity, more cleverness, that Michael, only Michael Cohen can provide when it comes to estate planning. I, I probably shouldn't say only, but I'm biased because I've known you so long, and I've, I've never seen anyone as capable and adept as you are when it comes to creating these plans. And I just admonish the listeners to sign up for that September the 12th workshop, which is uh, next Saturday at 10 o'clock, or September 24th, which is Thursday at 1 o'clock. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, Dallas Elder lawyer.com or dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102. Our Dallas elder law attorney, Michael Cohen, we thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 214- 720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM for six years, 
Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 